Good morning, brothers and sisters. Thank you, Elder Ed Ong, for your ministry today. I'm so happy to see you today, even online. But first of all, let me thank all the members of UECP. The elders and the deacons. All the pastors. And all the faithful followers of Jesus. On behalf of the Philippine Council of Evangelical Churches. I greet you on your 92nd anniversary celebration. As we all navigate in this pandemic crisis, I pray that by the power of God, you are all safe and doing well. I pray that you are maintaining balance between spiritual and physical health. How many of you would remember the leaning tower of Pisa? Some of you have probably visited the actual place. I pray that I will visit it one day. It is the freestanding bell tower of the cathedral of the Italian city of Pisa. The tower is 179 feet tall. It took 177 years to build it. Construction was stopped several times because of wars. Construction began in 1173. Although the tower was intended to stand vertically straight, it began leaning southward once construction progressed to the third floor. And according to them, the tower moves out about one twentieth of an inch every year. And so today, it is 17 feet out of plum. Actually, it is leaning because of poor foundation. It is only 10 feet deep. The word Pisa actually means marshy land. 
其实这个披萨这个艺术，伊就是说一款大面软的土的所在。And so it gives the clue as to why the tower began to lean even before it was completed. 所以这个就好难知影，差不多迄个原因，为什么也阁未建造起来，完完全建造起来？为什么这个这座楼会开始斜起 ？What have they done to fix it? 到底因做啥物，通来呃来装修来修理这座楼？ In 1999, scientists and construction workers worked to solve the problem. So, in 1999, scientists and construction workers worked to solve the problem. So, to put it back toward the vertical. And towards stability, it has not known in 300 years. They remove the soil with very large drills. And so the tower moved northwards. So this house. But the south side of the foundation has come up a little, which is a very positive result. Ah, so this landing has begun to crumble. And so, just as these expert workers needed to fix the foundation, in the uh, passage we are reading today, Paul needed to do the same thing with the Church of Corinth. The Corinthian Church need. A lot of repairs. There's quarreling. There's fighting among the members. There's immorality in the church. They're covering up the immorality. There is jealousy. And there is division in the church. It sounds like many churches today. It needed to be brought back into plumb. For several chapters in the book of Corinth, we have been watching the Apostle Paul doing these repairs. The book of Corinthians is called the tear-stained letters. Paul must be crying a lot when he wrote this letter. Because of the division in the church. And 
And so he identified what is the real reason for the division in the church. Look at the passage. According to the Apostle Paul, there is spiritual immaturity among believers. We do not have time to read the previous chapters. In chapter 2 of the book of 1 Corinthians, Paul described Christians and non-Christians. Christians, he said, have the Holy Spirit in their lives. Non-Christians do not have the Holy Spirit in their lives. But here in chapter 3, Paul would not be contrasting Christians and non-Christians. He's talking to them as fellow believers of Christ. But sadly, there's mature Christians and immature Christians. They're spiritual and the worldly ones. According to Paul, every believer is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. Every Christian is indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God. But some believers, they put the Holy Spirit on the side. And they make themselves the boss of their lives. And so Paul is trying to explain that it is one thing to have the Spirit. And it is another thing to have the Spirit in full control. And so he wrote them, Brothers, I could not address you as spiritual, but as worldly. Mere infants in Christ, I gave you milk, not solid food. For you were not ready for it. You are still worldly. Since there is jealousy and quarreling among you. Are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere men, he said? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere men? 1 Corinthians 3, 1-4 Some would say, Maybe it is the issue of leadership. 
with different styles and different personalities. Could it be Paul's weakness or Apollo's limitations? But Paul is saying it is more of the immaturity of the whole church. And so he said, I could not address you as spiritual. Because you are not. You are worldly. You are infants in Christ. This is like the picture of an adult, like infants, still eating only baby food. Imagine an adult sucking on a baby bottle. That's a funny and disgusting picture. But Paul said the fact that there is jealousy and quarreling among you it shows that you are worldly and acting like mere men without the Holy Spirit. It is painful to see the division in the church. And Paul said, it is because of the spiritual immaturity of believers. You see, even today, many churches are focused on the numerical growth of the church. It's good to see that many people are being added to the church. But it is, it is good. But if many are not growing in their faith, they are not being nurtured or discipled, there's problem in the church. And so Paul said, since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? And we could add, since there is gossip and lack of love in the church, are you not worldly? Or where there is little interest in fellowship or growth opportunities, are you not worldly? Or where there is little investment of time and effort in ministry, are you not worldly? Or where there is little effort in outreach or evangelism, are you not worldly? Or where there is 
inconsistent financial giving to God's ministry, are you not worldly? We could ask those questions. The Corinthians, according to Paul, need to grow up in their faith. But the Word of God is saying also, every believer, every one of us, indwelt by the Holy Spirit of God, we need to grow up in the faith. When the Lord comes again, when we stand before God as a church, He is not going to ask the membership numbers. He will not ask the size of the church's budget. But what kind of measurement will God use? God is going to measure the faithfulness of believers. Have we been faithful to love God and to love people in Jesus' name? Have we been faithful to hold the Bible as our authority and obeying it regularly? Are we faithful in advancing the gospel? Are we faithful in making disciples of all the nations? If we are faithful and if we are growing in spiritual maturity, then there will be numerical and quantitative growth. The Great Commission tells us that we must not stop trying to reach the lost and therefore grow in number. But the Great Commandment of God tells us that the most important measure of growth is our love for God. And our love for fellow human beings. If we are growing in the fruit of the Spirit, then people will see there's love, there's joy, there's peace, Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control in us. Then we are on the right track to growth. 
But if we are not growing in Christ, then we look more and more like persons who are not believers. Pasilan laboti kitok lai lai tiong zini lanju na chin du lai du na chin chiu zai bo sin zu erang. If we are not growing in the Spirit, then we should not be surprised by a church with struggles and division. Jesulan lati diang mia hong bin lan la bo le tiong zin. That was what happening at the church in Corinth. So Paul identified the problems why there is division. So Paul In the following verses, he identified what brings unity then? So it is What is our unity in Christ? Paul reminded them of who they are in Christ. And he used three pictures to illustrate the church. And so that they can avoid or heal divisions in the church. The first picture is the church is God's field. In chapter 3, verses 5 to 9, it says, what after all is Apollos and what is Paul? Only servants through whom you came to believe as the Lord has assigned to each his task. I planted the seed. What Apollos watered it. Apollo But God made it grow. So neither he who plants nor he who waters is anything. But only God who makes things grow. This is not a very difficult, difficult metaphor to understand. The church is like a field owned by God. And God assigned farmers and field hands with different responsibilities. Some plow the soil. Some plant the seeds. Some water the plants. Some would weed. Some would harvest. But one thing is clear. None of the workers amount to anything on their own. Each one of them do what they are told. But there's only one who can cause growth, and 
但是只有一位，好因有我那心中就是上帝。So is there any reason for them to take pride in Paul or Apollos？ 所以是不是因有什么原因，他们也为着保罗还是阿波罗来骄傲呢 ？Or anyone else？ 还是任何都只注意呢 ？Certainly not。啊，当然无任何一位。Yes， Paul arrived on the scene first。啊，是诶，啊，阿波罗是先来到这个所在侍奉诶。He was the founding church planter。伊是底下来设立这个教会。And then Apollos came later and watered the crop。后来阿波罗就来就浇灌，在我国。And discipled all the people。伊就底下啊，底下训练人。Their efforts are complementary parts of a single agricultural project。其实因诶工作是三甲配合。Without the waterer, the crop will die. Without the planter, there would be no crop to water. But without God, there's nothing at all. There's no field. There's no seed. There's no water. No workers, aboit boatui, and certainly there's no growth. 当年的那几款的情形就无虾米人重进。Brothers and sisters, UECP is God's church. 兄弟姊妹，咱菲律宾中华基督教会就是上帝的教会。All of you members of this church are God's fellow workers. 咱每一个会友。Praise God that He has allowed all of you to be part of this beautiful garden. 感谢上帝，因为伊予咱有机会通熟伫这个花园有份。Everyone have different roles. 咱每一个人有无同的角色。And every role is important. 每一个角色是真重要的。Praise God for the pastors who prays for you and preaches and teaches you. 咱为着咱的牧师团队来献上感谢，因为因达麦恩啊推咱基督恩咱讲道理。Praise God for the elders, the deacons who serve the church faithfully, so that the the ministry would continue. 咱为着咱的长老执事感谢上帝，因为因忠心侍奉，通让咱的事工在继续在咧进行。And praise God for all the members of the church. Then I will tell you, each one of you can do something. Who pray regularly for the church? Who support the work and the mission of the church? So that the gospel can be heard in many places. In the Philippines and around the world. And we ask, who is the most important person in this church? So let me ask you, in this church, who is the most important person in this church? God is the important one. And so we give God all the glory and the praise for 92nd anniversary. So we give God all the glory and the praise for 92nd anniversary. Then we will avoid the traps that lead to division in the church. The second picture 
is the church is God's building. Paul wrote, By the grace God has given me, I laid the foundation as an expert builder. And someone else is building on it. But each one should be careful how he builds it. For no one can lay any foundation other than the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. If any man builds on this foundation using gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, or straw, his work will be shown for what it is. Because the day will bring it to light. It, be, it will be revealed with fire. If what he has built survives, he will receive his reward. If it is burned, he will suffer loss. He himself will be saved, but only as one escaping through the flames. Here Paul compares himself to a head building contractor. He laid the foundation of the building. And then he allowed the rest of the work to be done by subcontractors. If their work is not up to the code, or if they fail to use suitable materials, there will be dark consequences. We have seen the results and the aftermath when buildings have not been built up to code. Rather than using an earthquake or a typhoon, Paul used the image of fire, which is a traditional biblical image for God's judgment. The point is the same. Calamity is coming. The integrity of the building will be tested. So we better build with great care. Our construction should not be hasty, not just for a show. It must be built solidly from the ground up in a way that is designed to endure 92 years. 
as we saw in our opening illustration of the Tower of Pisa, foundation is critical. Paul declares no one can lay any foundation other the one already laid, which is Jesus Christ. One of our favorite old hymns of the church declares, The church's one foundation is Jesus Christ, our Lord. But then, as we build, Build on that foundation, we must be careful to use the right kind of materials. Gold, silver, costly stones, wood, hay, and straw, it has no special significance beyond the fact that the last three are combustible and the first, uh, the, the, the first three are not. Kim, gum, po, chyo, chao, bak, Paul's main point here is that some leaders are building with valuable fireproof material. They're building the church through the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. But others are building it with transitory materials. Based on fads. Based on human wisdom. Human power. Those will be consumed by flames in God's coming building inspection. To us, the Church of Jesus Christ, and to UECP, that means that Christ is our foundation. Our materials in building the church is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not materials made of human personalities. Not human reasoning. Not human fads and gimmicks. Churches built on human personalities. Human power and wisdom will lead to division and destruction. And may I say this, UECP is standing strong today because Christ is your foundation. And the gospel is what is building this church. I know that very strongly. But the third picture is this. The church is God's temple. 
第第三第三百个多位，就是说讲教会是上帝的圣殿。Paul wrote, "Don't you know that you yourselves are、uh, yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit lives in you?" Paul wrote, "Don't you know that yourselves are God's temple, and that God's Spirit lives in you?" God will destroy him. For God's temple is sacred, and you are the temple. In which God's temple is sacred, and you are the temple. UECP is not this building. But it is in the fact that the temple of God. The place where God's Spirit dwells is in you and in me, the Church of Jesus. Kisitlan, 就是这个上帝的圣殿，就是上帝的灵所徛起的所在。In Paul's time, Jerusalem Temple had been understood as the central focus of God's presence in the world. Paul's 时代，亚罗萨丁是定做说讲上帝在这个全世界。But now, the dwelling place of God now is the church. But now, the dwelling place of God now is the church. It is the people, the believers of the Lord Jesus Christ. That is amazing. This is very special. Paul's present point is this. Ah, Paul, if the church is the dwelling place of God, then God will surely deal severely with those who corrupt or damage it. So, if the church is the dwelling place of God, and so Paul gives a very strong warning. So, if Anyone who destroys the church of God, God will destroy them. So, when a hui-hui shongte a tien, shongte itiang be hui bet i. Anyone who split the community of God is offending God and is calling down God's judgment on the on them. When a kongkak shongte a tuante, shongte itiang tiya be simpai. This is not a matter to be taken lightly, brothers and sisters. Unity is important to God. And those who are interfering in the unity of the community are interfering with God's presence and God's work. And will certainly incur judgment. In itiang betitio inesimpan. And so he finishes out the whole chapter three of First Corinthians by repeating the themes that he has developed in this letter. So Paul tiya tiya tiongok ah is isokong titike susin sokong tiya lai kesok titike tesanjung. God's wisdom is greater than. The wisdom of the world. So there's no more boasting about men. Every worship 
Every glory. Every praise and thanksgiving. Belongs to God alone. In conclusion, I would like you to remember three words. The church is our community. We are God's church. We are God's field. We are God's building and temple. Let's keep a humble perspective about our contribution to God's work. Thank God for the opportunity to serve Him. It is a great privilege. But it's all about God and it's not about us. The second word is communion. Our common union. It's time to grow up and stop being immature and worldly. And it's time to appreciate and protect the church of Jesus Christ. And lastly, let us remember our commission. Our common mission is to advance the gospel. To make disciples of all the nations until he comes again. Let's keep on building the church with the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. By the wisdom of God and the power of God. Again, congratulations, UECP, on your 92nd anniversary. May God continue to bless you as a church. Thank you very much.